You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. What's up, what's up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. It's your host, Rafael Barlow, founder of NBADraftJunkies.com and also the NBA Draft Junkies YouTube channel. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, check it out. But also, check out the work of my guest, Mikey Weisenberg. He has an awesome podcast with his brother, and I guess I'm a little biased in a sense because I also have my brother on, so I think it's really cool when you have two brothers that are similar but also bring different perspectives, especially on the draft. So I've worked with Mikey before. We did a few mock drafts for the 2020 draft, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, and James was there as well. Yep. So I I just love listening to the, the podcast between the two brothers. But Mikey, how are you doing today? And how are you handling the NCAA tournament winding down? I am doing fantastic, Roth. Thank you so much for having me on. I've been listening to all of the episodes. Really excited the way the NCAA tournament went. And yeah, I did anybody predict this Final Four? A 1-1-2-11? My, my bracket uh, is Yeah, it, shot. It's, it's been absolutely wild. I still have a, a chance if Gonzaga and Baylor meet in the final. I oh, have absolutely. a chance. And, and that's what I chose as well. That's, I think, what almost, well, most people were hoping for. Yep. Uh, that matchup that they were hoping for early in the season happening in the NCAA finals. Yeah. I mean, it would be awesome for the NCAA to not only have like all the surprises and the upsets in the tournament, but still have the two best teams meet in the final. I think that's like the best case scenario for an NCAA tournament. Absolutely. It's been fantastic when it's happened in the past. All right. So today I wanted to talk to you about players who you feel like have helped their draft stock in the NCAA tournament. There's a few guys like Cade Cunningham, his numbers didn't stand out, but I think his his draft status is locked in. Same with Evan Mobley. I thought he played well, but I think, you know, between Mobley, Suggs, those guys are going to be top five picks regardless. And so I think for the most part, the top five of the draft is somewhat set. Maybe some people have Kuminga falling out of the top five, and they may have a wild card in there at, at number six. But... Like I said, I wanted to pick your brain and see who on which place you thought helped their stock. But the first guy that I want to ask you about before I kind of turn it over to you to um, tell me your list of players is Drew Timmy. Haven't seen him on a lot of first round boards. He had a great sophomore season and I live in Texas, so I've had a chance to watch Drew play. I think I first saw him play when maybe he was like in eighth grade and I I thought he was good. And then um, I didn't think he would be the player that he is today. And then I saw him a lot this summer. He was playing some pickup runs in Fort Worth and he looks really good, but he's been a better college player. Like I guess it's like this weird thing where 
he's a better basketball player than Hooper. You know, like when they're playing pickup guys are just kind of hooping and he, he stands out, but when he plays in structure and in a system and like organized game, that's when he shines. And so the game against USC, he shined big time against, you know, a large front line. He held his own or, you know, a lot of people say he outplayed Evan Mobley. So what are your thoughts on him as an NBA prospect and his draft status? Yeah, that is a very interesting question. And I know for the most part, the draft community isn't incredibly high on Drew Timmy. I still feel like he's somebody that's very likely to make his way to the league and could enter the draft as soon as this year. He was one of the 10 best players in college basketball all year long. And yep. uh, I, I feel in the NCAA tournament, he's been one of the best players, if not possibly the best player best overall. Player, yeah. He's been doing just fantastic. The way he started that USC game, um, even some of the defensive flashes, you know, he, he stole the ball from, uh, I believe, um, Taj Edie or, or somebody like that at the beginning of the game as well. So even showing some defensive ability, um, he obviously gets a lot of his work done in the post. Yep. And I, I think that's where people kind of wonder how he fits in with the, the modern day game. So he's just a lot of his work inside 10 feet of the basket. So you'd like to see him kind of stretch out his range or at least up his three-point rate. I feel like there's a, at least a chance he could shoot. He, he's always had some really nice touch. Yep. Um, but yeah, certainly a talented player and um, somebody at least to, to keep an eye on either for this year or if he comes back next year, I think he could really uh, up his stock if he just improves a few areas of his game to uh, fit more into the modern center mold in the NBA. Yeah, he has a very interesting decision coming up because if they win the championship what more can he do on the college basketball level i mean he could yeah. always decide to come back to show that he worked on his range but his stock is in my opinion as high as it's going to get if they win he goes out on a high note especially if he plays well these these next two games and then i figure like it's probably best to showcase your extended range on an NBA team or, or in that setting while you're getting paid. So like, I haven't seen him on a lot of boards, but I think that he has a very difficult choice to make because he's in like this very weird predicament of being too good for college basketball, <laughs> but you know, a fringe prospect. And like you said, in the draft community, but I, I think that he's helped his stock and playing against Mobley. I think that was like the biggest test for him so far this season, even though BYU had had some length and some size on their roster to play well against the Mobley brothers. And then um, hopefully based, based off of my bracket, (laughs) I'm saying hopefully (laughs) so I can have a chance to win this pool. I think it's up to like $1,300 if I, if I win. So hopefully we get a Gonzaga Baylor final and then, uh, you know, Gonzaga wins. I, I, I win the pool and, and Timmy puts on a show against uh, Baylor's defenders. So, That's like I said, time. I think he has a very, very interesting choice. But the next person I wanted to ask you about is another guy that's going to the Final Four. And he's, a, I mean, probably the biggest surprise to me. His team is the biggest surprise in the Final Four. What are your thoughts on Johnny Juzang from UCLA? Um. 
I feel like this NCAA tournament has been just a huge boost in his stock. I, I think people were already always really confident in him as a shooter, and he didn't really live up to that at Kentucky. But since coming to UCLA, he's kind of back into that mold, making those shots off of movement, even making like a, a good number of pull-ups as well. He um, has just really looked very solid offensively. I, I felt like he carried um, Mich- or uh, UCLA yesterday against Michigan. He did. And, I mean, didn't he yeah. have like 18 points at half and the rest of the yeah. team had like nine or something like that? He had 28 out of their 51 points on the game. Like, yeah, yeah he was and, – and when he went down, that's when the score started to get close again. He went down and they were up by nine. Um, so, yeah, Johnny Juzang, I, I think, is somebody who, who really helped his stock as well. And I think there's certainly a good chance that he enters the NBA. I'm still a little apprehensive about him as, like, this big-time NBA prospect. I feel like the, the shooting, obviously, is his standout skill – and he does have some ability to, to put it on the floor and, and everything like that. I'm just a little worried athletically. I know that he, he didn't necessarily finish fantastic around the basket this year. Um, and just uh, in, in terms of doing those other things on, on the floor, but he at least does have that standout skill that's really shown during the NCAA tournament and showed throughout the season as well. Yep. I, I agree. I mean, it's a, uh... It's a shocker to see UCLA this far, and I, I didn't see that happening. No. But I wanted to ask you, how does his performance, along with, I guess, the lack of great performances from guys like Khalil Whitney, B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark, do you think this has any impact on Kentucky going forward? Because, you know, the rumor as of late is, is uh, the Kentucky players haven't been able to showcase how talented they are. Like, you know, you got your heroes and I mean, I guess you can say, Kat, we talked about this before, like the Kentucky players playing better in the NBA, but now we have an example of a guy leaving Kentucky and playing better and leading his team to the final four. Do you think this will have an impact on Kentucky's recruiting going forward? I really don't but at the same time I, I always think Kentucky is going to be an attractive option because it's such a players program I think that Johnny Juzang was just kind of in a tough situation there they, they had the three guard lineup with uh quickly Hagens and, and Maxi. it was just I, I think a, a lot kind of built in to prevent him from getting the necessary playing time and yeah like Cal has some tough decisions to make every year um, I agree that a lot of times, like I was just talking yesterday, like, you know, a great example of this is like a guy like Bam Adebayo, yep. who has shown all this different skill set. Um, the fact that Cal pretty much kept Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis, two of the best big man shooters in the NBA from taking threes while they were at Kentucky. Um, so that is somewhat of a factor, but I think people know enough that Kentucky just keeps producing these NBA level prospects. And, uh, I, I have a feeling that they're still going to be in the mix for quite a number of, uh, top ranked, um, players in the future. Yeah, I, I definitely think though, they'll, they'll always be in the mix, but I'm just wondering, like, you know, like I said, the last the three guys that I mentioned, Whitney, Clark and Boston were all guys that I felt like 
for the most part, were projected lottery picks coming into their freshman season. Yeah. And it's very doubtful that Boston or Clark ends up being in the lottery. Oh, for sure. Whitney yeah. left, and I think he he didn't even get drafted. He ended up on, like, an Exhibit 10 deal with the, with the yeah. Hornets, I believe. So just curious to see if things start to change because – even now, like a couple of days ago, Hunter Salas, and I'm from Omaha, and it's, it's a kid that I've actually, I know his mom, and I've had a chance to kind of watch him grow up when I was there. He had all these offers from, you know, a lot of the big-time schools, and he ended up choosing Gonzaga over Kentucky, which I felt like maybe two or three years ago, a guy of his caliber, even like a Jalen Suggs, is going to choose Kentucky over Gonzaga. And I'm starting to see like yeah. a little bit of shift, so just wanted to get your opinion on that yeah it's certainly a possibility but yep. yeah i i still feel like kentucky is going to be in in the mix for a number of these players and i think i put some of that also on maybe the expectation of some of those players versus you know what they actually brought to to college as well but um yeah yeah it's definitely a question and i i feel like kentucky is getting beat out for some of these top recruits yeah uh currently but yeah it's uh Something I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yep. In just a few minutes, I want to get Mikey's opinion on Max A. Smith and his meteoric rise on the national basketball scene. I'm excited to tell you about a new podcast that I think you're going to enjoy called Death at the Wing. It's a sports documentary podcast hosted by Adam McKay, the writer and director behind The Big Short, Vice, and Anchorman. Now, in the 1980s, which is the era that helped... I guess start my love for basketball. There were players like Magic Johnson and Dr. J becoming household names and bringing a faster and flashier style of play that captivated TV audiences. But along the way to wealth and stardom, just everything going on in the 80s took its toll on the next generation of basketball. And never in the history, really of any sport, have we seen so many players that were ready to become stars face so many tragedies as far as deaths in such a short amount of time. McKay did a good job on this documentary. He was joined by a host of sports journalists and experts who lived through these moments in the history and just kind of discussed this overlooked phenomenon and the web of social, political, and cultural forces at play. If you love The Last Dance or 30 for 30, I think you're going to love Death at the Wing. Please search for Death at the Wing wherever you get your podcast and start listening. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Podcast today. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now this is the player that I wanted to get your opinion on. I kind of saved it for the second segment because I knew that you'd have, you know, a a great insight on your thoughts on him. And it's Max A. Smith from Oral Roberts. He's from the Dallas area. And I can't say that he was one of the guys that had like the local basketball community in Dallas buzzing. Like Drew Timmy was someone who was a big time recruit. Everyone knew early in like maybe his freshman year that he was going to be a high division one player. I mean, we've seen the guys like Tyrese Maxey, RJ Hampton, Quite a few guys, like even there's a kid now, Keontae George, who's a top 10 player in his class. But Max was this guy that slid under the radar. And coming into 
this season, I mean, he had a, a good freshman year, and then I felt like his breakout game, at least on the national scene, was the Oklahoma State game earlier in the year. I forget his stat line, but I know it was like 26 or 28 points, something like that. Might have even been more. And again, you know, because it's Oral Roberts and it's not a school that people are paying attention to, I don't think a lot of the casual fans knew the name until the NCAA tournament. In your That's opinion, sure. is That's he sure. an NBA draft prospect? I think that he certainly is getting looks. Um, I I actually pulled up the, the stats from that Oklahoma State game, and he had 36 points and nine assists in a, a close game. Sorry, Max, for under... So oh, you're, you're all good. <laughs> I'm sure Max just appreciates being on the show. Um, but yeah, the NCAA tournament, I think, was a, a fantastic showcase for him. And it's just also a showcase for, first of all, a player that led the NCAA in scoring as a sophomore. And not only that, he's born, I believe, um, April 2nd, 2001. And so pretty young for class. He, he's only a, a couple months older than guys like Jalen Suggs uh, and Evan Mobley, he is small. And I, I think the 6'1 that Oral Roberts lists him at is probably a little generous, but the guy is just a prolific shooter and did that just throughout the year um, and showed some really impressive flashes in uh, his three tournament games and um, just seemed pretty unshakable as well. And it, the fact that he was making three pull-up jumpers per game uh, this season is super impressive. The percentages on which he was doing that were just kind of out of this world. Um, his teammate, Kevin O'Banner, also a, a fantastic shooter. But yeah, Aismas was really the guy that made them go. And how close was that shot he had uh, against Arkansas? Like, <laughs> the guy can really get his shot, get into his bag, and I, I think, you know, that long range um, ability that he has is something that really has him on the radar right now, because that that's become such a, a big factor for so many NBA teams, even for like maybe an off the bench guard. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's a guy that I'm trying to figure out. Was he undervalued coming out of high school or did he just peak later? You know, we always hear about the guys that, you know, they're bigger, stronger, faster than everybody in high school, and they kind of reach their peak. But I'm still trying to figure out, like I said, did scouts just overlook him because maybe he didn't have the ideal size or whatever? Or has he just, you know, developed so fast at, at, at Oral Roberts? But if you had to compare him to a player, who would you compare him to? Is, or do you have a comparison for his his game and his style of play? I I'm really terrible at the the whole comparison <laughs> game. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I'm guessing, of course, people will kind of think about guys who have come from smaller schools and have gone on to NBA stardom. Like you know, the the guy that comes to mind, I'm I'm guessing for most people when they watch him in college is Damian Lillard. Uh, who also shot out of this world at Weber State. I, I don't think he's that level of athlete, athlete yeah. has that ability to get to the basket. But yeah, he certainly just is somebody that has some fantastic range. And uh, the, the way I kind of see him is, is being that uh, 
scoring punch off the bench at the NBA level. Um, and I, I think that that's kind of the, the selling point for him right now. Um, yeah, I, I know that the other factor is that you would have loved to have seen him at like a, a high major school going up against these bigger schools to, to get more of that sample size of him against top-notch competition. But I, I think he just did so well. Um, I was kind of hoping for an up transfer. I'm guessing to answer your question about whether he, um, you know, was a, a late riser or uh, just overlooked. I'm guessing it was probably both. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, like sometimes it's just being at the right place at the right time in front of the right eyes. And uh, yeah, he definitely got to that place by getting Oral Roberts to the NCAA tournament and making some noise while he was there. Yeah, maybe he has a or, or maybe he can be the next wave of like these guards crafty scores that come from small schools i'm a blazers fan and i, I believe you are too Absolutely. so our backcourt our two guys that went to mid-majors and cj mccollum kind of i mean everyone knew that he could play but it was the For duke sure. game that kind of propelled him to to where he where he's at and you know cj is in my opinion, like one of the best shot creators and shot makers in all of the NBA. So I see some similarities a little bit. Not, I mean, it's tough to be CJ because CJ has so much one-on-one game and snatch mm-hmm. and snatch back and pull up and crafty and creativity. But I think Ace Smith does have this, this uh, ability to score and put the ball in the basket, which, you know, offense is so valued in today's NBA. So Absolutely. Hopefully, he gets a look, and I think he also has an interesting dis- decision too, because his stock is as, is as high as it can possibly go, in my opinion. Yeah, that right. I agree with. The next player I want to talk about is another guy that's playing in the Final Four, is Davion Butler from Baylor, and you believe he helped his draft stock also? Yeah, D- Davion Mitchell. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, Davion Mitchell. Yeah, <laughs> combine Davion Mitchell and Jared Butler, <laughs> yeah. which I think a lot of people do. They're relatively the same size. Their their differences are just kind of slight. Um, but yeah, what, what Davion Mitchell, I think he has a, a little bit more athletic pop and and just like a, a quicker first step than Jared yeah. Butler. Butler is probably a, the slightly better ball handler. But I, I think what really elevated Davion Mitchell is his ability to kind of blow by some people with that quick pop yep. um, and then also his defensive ability and um, just like, you know, really good on the point of attack. Um, the thing I want to say as a draft fan to Baylor that I thank them so much for is that if you go on their uh, team website, they have not only the height of their players, which seems to be fairly accurate, which is kind of rare for a college website, but also the wingspan. And we do see that the the big difference between the Davion Donovan Mitchell is about seven inches in wingspan in favor of Donovan Mitchell. Um, But yeah, Davion still seems to be somebody really moving up the boards um, because of that offensive pop. He's shot, um, I think, in the low to mid 40s from three most of the year. Um, Yeah, just really improved quite a few things after transferring from Auburn to uh, Baylor. What I like most about his game is his, well, one, he, he's aggressive and he, he loves to get downhill, 
but he also has some creativity off the dribble as far as like creating his own shot and just being able to put the ball in the basket. The first step in the burst, I love that. And I feel like if you have a combination of, you know, a, a quick first step, burst, speed with a decent handle, offensive creativity where, you know, you you're able to just get to your spots and then also can knock down shots. I think you always have a chance. And I, I think that his passing is a little bit underrated. I think that he's a, a pretty good passer. Absolutely. And yeah, he's, uh, I believe was leading them in assists as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, to add to that Roth, I, I think um, he is shooting really well, not only, uh as a pull-up creator but off of the catch as well so you know his potential to play on or off ball uh i think that's what makes he and jared butler work so well and what made uh baylor this like fantastic team and if you're going by some of the analytics like one of the better teams in the last few years along with gonzaga yep now what do you think his long-term position is you think he's a one two or you just a, a a combo that can yeah. play with either either spot yeah I, I feel like it's probably that combo position but at the same time he I, I kind of see him as uh somebody that you could even play next to like a, a big initiator and then can take some reps as well so yeah I, I think he the fact that he can be kind of scalable as this on ball or off ball guy is uh what makes him kind of a, a attractive draft proposition i agree and when we return i want to get mikey's opinion on maybe it's a homer opinion on his favorite oregon duck who he's been talking about the last few months stay tuned there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Promo code locked on. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is this amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar that is 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is we're actually here. We are actually here at the championship game. In the final four, we had cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk. And we had mint brownie versus coconut brownie chunk. And the two finalists are cookie dough chunk and coconut brownie chunk. Obviously, chunk is the real winner here. I thought mint brownie was going to end up in the finals. But 
my built bar bracket is probably a little bit similar to my overall NCAA bracket, but go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your next order. That is locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will win the championship to become the best tasting protein bar. Cade Cunningham. Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow the Locked On NBA Draft. All right, now we're back. I'll let you lead into... Chris Duarte what are your thoughts on him the joys of Chris Duarte are just many and he (laughs) just I I think that he was Juco player of the year at Northwest uh, Florida State um, came in last year and I felt for most of the season was Oregon's second best player behind Peyton Pritchard Um, had some fantastic flashes um, just in, in scoring from all three levels. And then his, his defense, his defensive instincts have, have always been something that, that really stood out and just has some really nice athleticism as well. Uh, this year led Oregon in uh, block shots and is like one of those chase down masters, but also fantastic in the passing lanes. Um, the thing that really was kind of a... I, I think his greatest addition this year is his confidence as a pull-up shooter. And that went along with uh, just fantastic efficiency from there as well. Um, also really improved as a playmaker. Um, so yeah, when you add into the the fact that while he is going to be 24 around draft time, which is something you hear from every announcer, every game, every um, game. <laughs> he, yeah, he is um, just I, somebody that seems to be very ready and kind of is in the, not, not only like the three and D mold, but offers a little more than that. Um, offers some possible ability to uh, attack closeouts, body control, um, things that I, I think NBA teams are, are very intrigued by. And uh, I know I've heard some people definitely looking at him and it seems like he just really raised his stock. Um, Oregon did not have three NCAA tournament games. They only had the two. But he played fantastic in both of them and uh, just a, a great year for Chris Duarte, who um, was at least in the running for uh, Pac-12 player of the year um, behind Evan Mobley for the most part. So do you give him a first round grade? I do. I, I think if, if he's not first round, he's at least around that range. Um, I, I've heard just somewhere in like uh, – the 20s, 30s, like it, it seems very likely that he's going to be off the board uh, by the early second round. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's certainly a chance because people are just uh, can kind of see the vision of what he would bring to the NBA as um, a wing who can give you a little bit on offense and give you some good things on defense as well. He's a guy that I feel like is going to end up in a very good situation. The younger teams or the teams that are looking to rebuild are going to pass him up for younger guys. So if he falls into like that late first round range, 
we're talking him going to like Denver or the Lakers or the Clippers, Sixers, Nets, Suns, Jazz. I mean, we're talking about him being in that range. I mean, I hate the fact that the Blazers traded their pick <laughs> to Houston, <laughs> but Roko's been good, man. He's he's been good. I want to see a little bit more on the offensive end. Yeah. Um, but you know, that that's a whole different subject. But I feel like Duarte could end up like if he goes to one of those teams, like imagine him in Denver or yeah. even the Lakers, which I, you know, as a Blazers fan, you can't be a Lakers fan. So <laughs> or or even like the Clippers. I think that he should be able to come in and provide some wing depth to a really good team. And they'll have a player that's already I guess ready to come in and, and and contribute. So I think his age, while on one hand it may hurt him, I think it's gonna help him because he's gonna end up in a really good situation. Yeah, I, I think that's the ultimate hope for Chris Duarte. And I, I think he's somebody that's going to be come in uh really willing to work and um somebody that as you're saying, like has a chance to maybe step in and take some rotation minutes, at least give some bench minutes right away. Yeah, I agree. Now, is there anyone else that we, we didn't cover that you feel has really helped their draft stock? Dijon Giroux from Houston is somebody that I just feel like every time he's on the floor, they're like a much better team. Mm-hmm. And um, he is kind of like the, this long, he's been their point guard basically. But yeah, I, I feel like when he's not on the floor, like they sometimes have a really tough time bringing the ball up and he just is very comfortable with the ball in his hands. Uh, he's somebody that I felt really raised their stock in the NCAA tournament. Not to mention that I think he was kind of getting slept on for just how great a year that he's had. Um, or I, I would say even like the last few years at Houston, he's been somebody who has definitely at least been on the radar for the NBA. Um, yeah, one of those guys who who potentially could – uh, play combo guard or like, you know, be that secondary playmaker due to his size as well. Like, I, I think he's about six foot five, six foot six, definitely has a plus wingspan. I, I remember his brother uh, had a, a huge wingspan as well, Gernard Duro. Um, so yeah, he uh, is, I, I think kind of like the engine that makes Houston run. Yeah. It seems like Grimes gets all the attention. For sure. Yeah. It, it, he does. And I, I think there's a good reason for that as well, um, because he's just become one of those, like, I, I would say flamethrowing shooters. Um, yeah, he like, I will add he's that making to about my... three three-pointers a game and uh, doing it at 40%. The, the thing that still worries me a bit about Quentin Grimes is the fact that he has such a low two-point percentage. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that is kind of what gives me some pause. But yeah, I, I feel like, uh, like while Dejan Giroux doesn't necessarily have like out of this world counting stats, um, I, I think the the passing, the defense, and uh, his ability to handle the ball are all things that that make him kind of enticing. Um, so yeah, I, I certainly think that there's a, a chance that he gets drafted, um, and the NCAA tournament really has helped uh, that case. Yeah, I always like guys that can. That, that have good numbers as far as rebounding and 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 assist. So I think with that type of versatility, and um, he's also, I think, a pretty decent shot blocker. And then he collects, you know, I know one of your, your favorite stats is stocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And Most so he's, definitely. He's close to around two a game if you if you combine the two. So yeah. I, I like him as a prospect. I think he's a guy that he may not get drafted because of his because he's a senior and you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's just weird. The older you are, the least valuable. He it, it wouldn't shock me to see him go undrafted and he plays in the summer league and has a good strong summer league and then ends up earning his way into an NBA team's rotation towards the middle of the year. Yeah, that certainly seems like a possibility. And then for what you were saying, as far as uh, steals and rebounds, those are two statistics that seem to translate to the NBA as well. So when somebody does well, like you just think they have a, a nose for the ball, um, that that those things tend to translate. So yep. yeah, like the, the fact that he is somebody that creates events, is able to get rebounds as a guard, uh, both huge positives as far as uh, him possibly uh, making his way onto a roster. Yep, I agree 100%. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. Where can the listeners find you or, or, or read your tweets or, or see your work? I am NBA Draft Mikey V. My podcast is Viseland. We're at Viseland on Twitter as well. And then I want to shout out uh, Perspective Insight. I do a lot of work with them. And um, the article that we had coming out recently is about the Geico Nationals, the high school um, basically championships that are back this year. Starting today, we have um, a couple kind of playing games. And then the tournament is from April 1st to April 3rd. We had PD Webb, Andrew Slater, and Pro Insight founder Matt McKay Jr., uh, break down that tournament. So we have a great primer up on perspectiveinsight.com. All right. This man loves the NBA draft. I mean, obviously his name is NBA draft, Mikey V. So <laughs> it, it, it's no faking with that name. That that pretty much, you know, tells you what, what his draft or his Twitter page is all about. So I wanted to thank him for coming on. Expect to hear him on as a guest pretty frequently just because we've been doing different podcasts together from time to time on collaborations. So he's a guy that I, I expect to expect you to get used to hearing his name because he's one of the best when it comes to just breaking down different prospects. So once again, I wanted to thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Ralph. Yep. No problem. All right. This is Rafael Barlow from the NBA draft junkies. You are listening to locked on NBA with my guest, Mikey Weisenberg from the Visland podcast and it's Visland V I S E. L-A-N-D. So, well, that wraps up this edition of Locked on NBA Draft. Now, check out Locked on NBA Draft tomorrow. We have another host with another awesome take about the NBA Draft. Again, we have a good team of guys that just bring different perspectives, different thoughts, and different opinions on your favorite prospects. Again, this is Raphael with Locked on NBA Draft. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.